Berenham Sports. Hello again and welcome to Berenham Sport Podcast. This is Terry Rice and I'm really excited for this one. Uh, it's always awesome to, uh, to speak with and to champion the great work that Kickoff at Three do. And we're joined again by their phenomenal co-finder, the man, the legend that is Michael Wallace. But I tell you what, I think it was Sly and the Family Stone who once sang, it's a family affair. And we've got a family affair tonight because as well as Michael, we have his younger brother, Adam Wallace, who's joining us from Vancouver, an ex-football pro, Played his tried across the globe, uh, now living and coaching out in Vancouver. So, family Wallace, happy new year and welcome to Verum Sports. How are you both doing? Yeah, um, um, thank, first of all, um, thank you very much for that intro. Um, as always, you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a journey, it's a team. You know, Ashley Levin, who is my wingman, very much a brother like Adam, yeah. we're in it together. And um, yeah, it's a journey, myself, Ashley, and you'll hear more Adams on this journey as well, but doing massive and achieve massive things in his own right, but very much family business. And we're massively behind it here on Verum Sport. We love what you do and excited to learn what 2021's got in store for kickoff at three as the juggernaut continues to build. Uh, Adam, I'm, I'm excited to learn about your football odyssey. But just really quickly, I um, want to get your intake into this one because it's been humbling and a real pleasure to get to know Michael over the years. And he's one of life's good guys. But there's no question about it. No ego with that man. But a competitive drive, and you got to love that. I suspect there was a little bit of a competitive spirit between family Wallace growing up. Just give me your insight into that, Adam. <laughs> yeah. Um, first of all, nice to meet you, Tony, and happy new year to yourself as well. Um, and thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, obviously. Well, um, Michael and, my, and myself, we actually didn't grow up together. Um, I, I grew up here in, in Vancouver, Canada, while, while Michael were growing up there in London, England. So uh, I definitely remember Mike coming out when I was younger for, for a couple of visits. Um, and and uh, I'm pretty sure there's some pictures to, uh, to, to prove his, his competitive spirit. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, we, we've um, uh, definitely kind of had a, a, a relationship and uh, a bond from, from when we were young. And um, it, it's been good to uh, see Mike grow up and, and kind of achieve the things he's achieved and um, see him doing the things he's doing, you know, and become a police officer, uh, which I'm really proud of, proud of him for. And, and now with kickoff at three, doing things he's doing and giving back to the community and getting himself involved with, um, you know, with different uh, uh, push for different causes and, and helping others and supporting others is, has been fantastic to see. Um, so, so yeah, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm competitive by nature as well. Um, just like I'm, I know Michael is, um, and, uh, yeah, um, you know, I, I kind of, I give back in other ways. Uh, I'm a teacher myself and a, and a football coach now myself as well. Um, like Michael doing his kickoff at three and giving back in that regard. Um, I, I, I find myself quite busy and, and, and putting back to the community, um, through coaching and through coaching, uh, youth and, and like I said, teaching, uh, in a high school and, 
Um, love it. Love it. Love giving back and love uh, sharing my experience with others and trying to maybe um, give them a few tips along the way to help them achieve their goals and, and their dreams. If I can give them a little push, that's, um, you know, that, that's great. Uh, that's such an important aspect, is it, when you can give that steer from experience. Mm-hmm. And talking in terms of those experiences, channeling that competitive nature, um, you know, you were a professional footballer and sort of applied your trade right across planet Earth, obviously out there in Canada, a Jamaica under-23 international. Um, mm-hmm. For those who are unfamiliar, Mike, uh, Adam, just give me an insight into your footballing journey and where it's taking you right across the globe. Yeah, uh, it's been an interesting one. Um, one that I definitely couldn't have uh, couldn't have uh, uh, foreseen. Um, but uh, yeah, started playing football at a young age. Um, our dad, uh, who was out here in Canada with me when when I was born, um, uh, started coaching me when I was about three until up right up until I was about ten or eleven or so. Um, and uh, from there, kind of moved on to kind of next next progression uh next next coach um it kind of took me uh, took me up to 18 or so uh, about seven you know was was quite fortunate um although in saying that i put in quite a bit of work when i was young i was you know out training out on the field five days a week as, as a kid you know six days a week sometimes sometimes seven um you know and juggling the homework as, as a kid in high school and whatnot so um yeah i was um able to make the different uh the different provincial what they, what they call provincial teams here um over the years kind of from the age of 12 up to 17 18 and um, was able to kind of uh, get myself noticed and got some exposure around that time um, to get myself a scholarship to um, to university in the states. Uh, it was a goal of mine to to try and play professional. Um, you know, by the time I was seventeen, eighteen. Uh, but obviously, coming from Canada, uh, uh, that's 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 a big dream, right? Um, not you don't hear of too many too many Canadians um, landing. Well, Pascal Salido, I think, maybe the most famous, uh, perhaps. I don't know. If yeah, him, and there was another one by the name of Owen Hargreaves. Yes, absolutely, Manchester United star, and uh, yeah. yeah, good shout, that man. Yeah. But what uh, I love uh, about that, Adam, there is you really uh, lived your dream but also you touch upon something that so many people forget when you look at the glamorous life of professional footballers at the elite level you forget that doesn't happen by magic you need to have that as well as talent that Mm. attitude that commitment to the work ethic and just give me an insight as a coach now of how you try to encourage the youngsters to fuse talent with uh, a commitment to the craft of football Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> and you know what? I don't think it's getting any easier with uh, with the generation of kids these days, and and uh, the the entitlement that they feel. Um, so trying to instill a work ethic, uh, it, I think, is quite important. Um, but it, again, it just comes. It, I think it just comes out naturally when I'm when I'm teaching and when I'm coaching, um, just through my own work ethic and my own um, kind of my own beliefs and. Uh, I, I, I tend to hold, um, hold kids accountable. Uh, the, the kids that I'm working with, um, you know, I, I, I make sure they're accountable for, for their actions and, and, you know, I always kind of remind them that what they put in it, into it is what they're going to get out of it. 
you know, and, and that's something again, that is, it comes from my own experience, you know, um, especially my involvement with soccer. I've, I've, I've kind of over the years looking back, you know, I think I've given a lot of my life to, to soccer and a lot of spent a lot of time on the field and uh, made a lot of sacrifices, missed a lot of, you know, uh, travels with friends and uh, different experiences with friends and birthday parties and whatnot to, to pursue this sport. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's giving back to me now in being a teacher and being a coach and, and, and giving me a paycheck and putting food on my table uh, by doing it. Right. So, um, you know, I, it's from that experience, that's something that I think comes through uh, in my coaching and teaching is that what you put into it is what you'll, get back from it you know um and and again you achieved such great things um talk to me about the process that led to you getting selected for that jamaica under 23 outfit and i guess some of the players mm -hmm. that you were playing with and against that maybe people might recognize yeah yeah um so like i said uh you know my goal was to kind of hopefully turn pro by the time i was 17 18 there was um a, a fella i grew up playing with here by the name of terry dunfield who was picked up by Manchester United at I think 15 or 16? Um, played with uh, he played would have played with um, I don't know uh, uh, Mike Richards and um, some of those guys who grew up in the Manchester uh, City Academy. Um, so that was kind of and he was a friend of mine that I grew up playing with here. So seeing that that was something that I wanted as well. Um, you know, so that was kind of my goal for for 17, 18, and. Um, when that didn't happen, you know, it always kind of been instilled in me by, by my parents and by, I was fortunate enough to have a, a good coach, um, kind of after my dad, uh, kind of, um, I had moved on kind of from, from my dad coaching me, um, who always instilled education, education comes first, education, 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 because if you don't make it as a professional, you need something to fall back on. Right. So fortunately enough, um, like I said, I was able to get myself a, a scholarship to go to, to college in the States in Vermont, um, which is very cold in the winter. <laughs> it's not so cold here on the, on the, on the West coast in Vancouver. Uh, it's quite temperate. Um, so it was, uh, that was a good experience though. Um, went off to college, uh, on a full scholarship to play soccer in the States. Um, and, uh, at the same time I had been called up to a training camp for the under 18 Canada team, um, which, uh, I thought had gone well, but um, after that training camp, I had never really heard too much back from them. Um, so I knew there was a, an under-20 uh, tournament, under-20 under World Cup uh, being played down in Argentina in 2001 coming up. So having dual citizenship, uh, being a Jamaican citizen as well, as well as Canadian, um, I literally penned this was before the time of um, email and uh, and Facebook and Instagram and whatnot. So I, I literally wrote a letter uh, to the Jamaica Football Federation uh, explaining who I was and where I played. Uh, and they said, um, sure, why don't you come down for some training and we'll take a look at you. Um, so went down there for, I think, a week over my spring break uh, in my second year of college and did some training, uh, which went really well. Thought I was going down to train with the under-20 team. Turned out it was the full senior team. So <laughs> to get that experience um, playing with the, the full senior team, uh, national team of Jamaica, uh, was absolutely awesome. Um, you know, seeing, hearing these names on, you know, from reading articles and seeing them playing, you know, a couple of, couple of Dion Burton was down there. Um, Ricardo Gardner, who was playing for Bolton at the time, 
Um, so I was training, training with these guys uh, for the week and yeah, awesome experience. So scored a few goals, uh, did well and, and got a call back um, for, for the following summer uh, uh, later that year. Um, and uh, was down there for a month, trained really well uh, and was selected to the, to the, this was the under 20 national team. Uh, and from there, we went down to Brazil for a couple of weeks for training camp and then on to Argentina to play in the Under-20 World Cup uh, with the likes of Egypt, Finland and Argentina in our group. Uh, Argentina being the host when we played them, there was about 30,000 screaming fanatical fans in the stadium. Uh, couldn't hear a thing, uh, sending shivers down your spine. But um, yeah, what an experience that was. Uh, and Argentina ended up going on to win the, win the World Cup. Uh, I think Saviola, don't know if you remember the, uh, a player by the name of Saviola. Uh, I think he scored a hat trick against us and was the, the tournament uh, golden boot winner. And then right after the tournament, he was signed by Barcelona. Uh, played against another player, uh, D'Alessandro, who I believe ended up playing with Wolfsburg and Portsmouth. And another curly-haired defender by the name of Colaccini, who ended up playing with Newcastle. So um, that was quite a good squad they, that, that they had. And I think they, they handed us 1-5-1 uh, in that tournament. So uh, what an experience. So great experience. And, um, yeah, something I can kind of, uh, you know, attest to and say I played in the World Cup. So that was, F- that was Fantastic memories. And what an achievement, as you rightly say. And Michael, just want to bring you back in here. Uh, wonderful to learn a little bit about Adam's odyssey and they're getting right to the highest level at the youth uh, international sphere. Um, just give me a, a perspective uh, from, the, from the elder brother's point of view of the level of pride that that type of success has uh, instilled in you as a brother, Michael. Yeah, um, Tony, I'm immensely proud of Adam. Um, you know, we're, we you know runs in the family you know uh essence um kickoff at three you know um and um growing up you know i i wanted to be a PE teacher <laughs> i wanted one of my dreams to be a police officer which i am now uh wanted to play professional football but to be honest um i played football at a good level uh school um had you know some great PE teachers that Still grateful to this day, you know, uh, Mr. Mr. Hennessy, um, you know, Mr. George, great PE teachers and um, played Sunday league football. Um, maybe, who knows, I think maybe if I had the right support around me that some of the, these talented players have, maybe I could have gone a bit further. Uh, there's a lot of luck involved as well, but, you know, it's just the way it goes. So, um, immensely proud of what you know Adam achieved and you know to have a, a, a my brother our brother that's achieved representing Jamaica you know which is um Jamaica's um you know it's our, our history you know you hear about talking about Kickfield's legacy you know Adam's leaving a legacy within the family of representing Jamaica um playing a very good a high standard professionally so all the family very proud of him and and also, you know, um, people don't know we have Irish in the family, and uh, Adam played in um, Adam played in Dublin, where we we we've got links to kick off at three to run a tournament in in Dublin with um, Andy George helping supporting. So um, you know, it's all about just um, you know that the same. We believe Adam very much believed in his own talent. 
you know, he got help supported. And, uh, and you know, we've learned through, you know, family guidance, you know, just keep on pushing. And, and if you keep working hard and really, you know, something will happen your way. And, you know, and I, we're a firm believer in, you know, it's, and it's great that Adam's given back in the community by his coaching that he's doing with um, girls. Um, and obviously I, I'm living my dream with Ashley um, doing what we're doing. So it, it's fantastic. Hey, saluting you both. Really appreciate it massively. Um, Adam, just coming back to you, and again, Michael, will no doubt talk about some of the great things Kickoff and Three are going to uh, look to achieve, all being well. And I'm literally touching on wood at the moment for 2021. Um, again, uh, Michael explained there that as well as this uh, kind of Canadian uh, experience, as well as the uh, Jamaican international experience at the youth level, we've talked about uh, mm. a bit of a globe trotter uh, in Dublin. I think out in Belgium, the Far East too. Yeah. Um, again. There must have been some wonderful times, but there must have been challenges as well, being away from family and I guess some of the pressures that that entails. Give me an idea of not just the glamorous side of the football journey, but some of the more darker moments that I would imagine you've had to face. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and yeah, it, 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 it's a good, it's a good uh, point to bring up. Um, you know, you, you see these professional footballers on TV, uh, you think, oh, you know, it's glamorous and um, what a life and whatnot. But, you know, those are just the ones that you see on TV. There's a lot of professional footballers. That, there's a lot of leagues out there, right? Um, so, I mean, you've got um, players in Vietnam playing in second division of Vietnam that have come from Africa or wherever, Belgium, and they're out there trying to, trying to make a living. You know, at the end of the day, uh, a soccer player, a so professional soccer player wants to get played, uh, paid, right? And they'll travel <laughs> quite, quite a far to, to try and get paid. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not often you hear about the stories of those, those footballers that almost made it or the ones that were, were almost, almost made the Premier League or almost made that team. Um, uh, and and those are those are usually quite interesting stories. Um, and and yeah, mine. Like I said, uh, it, I've had a very interesting journey. Has taken me all over the place. Uh, I met all types of people. Um, you know, from from uh, my experience of going to Jamaica, uh, and, and you know, I wouldn't have done all the traveling I've done without soccer. You know, so uh, as as much as you know, it, it's um, it's brought obstacles and and hurt and pain and and uh, you know sleepless nights. It, it's brought me a lot of joy and traveling and experiences and and things that I wouldn't change for you know priceless experiences that you know you, you wouldn't be able to get any other way. So um, yeah, I mean after after I graduated uh, graduated college and had that that experience um, during university with the under twenty team. Um, threw all my stuff into a hockey bag um, and and bought a one got a one way ticket over to Belgium, uh, where I'd I'd met a, a, a scout down in Jamaica a couple of years prior to, uh, and always I held on to his phone number. He always said, you know, when you finish uh, college, give me a call. So like I said, threw all my stuff in a bag, bought a one way ticket over to Belgium, um, and, and did a tryout for a team over there called Russelaar which was a second division team at the time in Belgium and uh, did well, made the team, got myself a, a professional contract. Um, and I thought, this is it. Uh, you know, I've made it, you know, uh, next, next step, Premier League. Um, so I, you know, I was there 
playing second division in Belgium, uh, cold, you know, cold Friday night and in one degree weather in the middle of, you know, middle of winter uh, out in Belgium playing a soccer game, this kid from Vancouver, Canada on my own, you know? Um, so it, it was tough, you know, obviously trying to settle in and learn a new language and in a foreign country that, you know, uh, no family around and no friends and whatnot. Um, so, you know, it, uh, it, it was, the experience was good. It was tough, uh, growing experience, learned a lot about myself and, and, uh, how to be independent. But, um, but again, uh, I think, the best way to learn is being put out, out of your comfort zone. You know, you, you learn pretty quick. Um, so that was kind of, you know, after the college experience, that was kind of my next experience of, of traveling abroad was over to Belgium. Um, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, injuries got the better of me in my second season. So uh, Premier League didn't, didn't, didn't come up. Um, but I did manage to get a, 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 well, went on trial the next season. So after my time in Belgium, uh, kind of, they didn't renew my contract. Um, the next, the next thing was to try and go back on trial. Uh, I had a trial with Millwall, trial with, I think it was Crawley Town, um, with Lewis FC, um, and which were all unsuccessful. Thought I, thought I did really well, especially at the Millwall trial. Um, training game, I nutmegged one of the, whoever the right winger was not Magnum I went in and scored a goal um unfortunately um the manager at the time who had just been hired I think it was a guy by the name of Steve Clark Ray Clark something Clark uh he was there for they he was there for a month during the preseason and why it just so happened to be while I was there on trial he was sacked so um my my trial and every, all the good I had done kind of went out the window with that uh, and then on to Crawley Town, which didn't work out. Lewis didn't work out, um, and then was offered a contract by um, a team. I think it was the National South Division, mm -hmm. Thurrock Thurrock or Thurrock East, uh, or East Thurrock, I think it was um, when they're in the the Conference South. Um, which you know, uh, as a football, you hold yourself to a certain standard, mm -hmm. being competitive, mm -hmm. um, and coming from playing in Second Division Belgium. Yeah, um, I. I um, I guess it just had more, I felt like I had more to offer. Mm -hmm. So, um, didn't, didn't take that contract. Uh, and from there, um, you know, uh, I basically had to get a, a regular job and then work a nine to five to, you know, pay my bills and, and get myself through till, till the next thing came up when that would be, I wasn't too sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, from there, I um, kept myself fit, kept myself training. Um, I stayed over in Europe mm -hmm. and um, was able to, um, through a connection, get myself a trial in China, mm -hmm. uh, I think it was. So uh, I jumped, uh, jumped on a flight. This is about almost a year now after the Millwall trial and being out of, uh, out of contract. Um, went over to China, was over there for almost a month and was doing well uh, and um the agent came to me and said well the team's bankrupt we don't have any money to pay you goodness <laughs> so, me so um that was that experience pretty much done it was myself uh a guy from serbia and another guy actually who i knew from canada here was supposed to come over um and he didn't even get the chance to to get there um because they didn't have any money so mm. um that club is now defunct Anyways, to say the least, um, from there, uh, I, I went back to the States and, um, and, uh, did a trial with, it was, a, a USL team called the Rochester Rhinos. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, did a trial with them, went really well. Um, the coach invited me back uh, to, to their preseason training. And um, between, there was a week gap between the trial um, and the preseason training. And during that week, the coach was sacked. So that went that opportunity. A lot of I, bad rub of the greens in this journey, yeah, isn't there, Yeah, man? Well, that's what I mean. It's, um, you know, there's a lot of obstacles. And this, you know, some people, they, you know, they'll hear somebody say, oh, you know, I played professionally. And I think, oh, well, so how much money do you have, right? Well, there's the other spectrum of playing yeah. professional, right? There's the, end of the other end of the spectrum. There's right? two things I want to pick up on here. Yeah. Um, First of all, um, I was really lucky through Michael, uh, one of the great ambassadors of Kickoff at Three, to speak to Lexi Dubry. Um, she's the cousin of Michael Dubry. Of, uh, obviously, he was one of those who played at the very elite, kind of lived, at least on the surface, the glamorous footballing life. But she was in the Arsenal Academy, knocking, knocking, knocking on the door of making it, mm-hmm. as it were. And injury plagued that opportunity. It was really emotional to hear her story. Mm. Um, I've also spoken with yet another kickoff at three ambassador, Jessica King. Um, and her football odyssey has taken her all over planet Earth. Mm. She's played, I think, <coughs> you know, I think she did some time out in Canada. But again, all over the world. Yeah. Um, sometime in, the, in Scandinavia. And the, the real thing there that's twofold. Number one, it isn't all peaches and cream. And I guess it is a challenge and people need to appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, I would still encourage every young person to pursue a dream, whether that's football or whatever it is, to the best mm-hmm. ability like you've lived, Adam. But my question is, because Jessica mentioned to me that the best thing that she ever did was go abroad to seek uh, further action. Mm. Uh, She said it was challenging, no question about that, like you mentioned, the language element, the cultural element. But it really did broaden her horizons. Mm -hmm. Do you think that whilst the challenges are there, more younger English players should be seeking opportunities abroad as opposed to maybe um, there is a narrative, isn't there? Oh, there's too many pr- uh, foreigners coming into the premiership. Well, I don't know. If the mountain isn't coming to Mohammed, maybe Mohammed needs to go find a mountain elsewhere. Just briefly, yeah. Adam, your thoughts on the advantages, although given the challenges of a football journey, expanding horizons. Yeah, um, I, I think, uh, you know what, it, it's funny, um, especially growing up in Canada, basically, if you want to play professional football, you have to leave Canada. Um, it was, wasn't up until this year that um, we've had a professional league here in Canada, uh, or sorry, last year, that we finally got a professional league here in Canada. But up until that point, basically, if you wanted to play professional soccer, you, you have to leave Canada. Um, if you're in now, if you're English or you know European, essentially European, or basically live anywhere else in the world, you don't have to leave home. You know, um, you can stay put, you can stay close to family and all your friends, and get that same experience and have the opportunity to become a, a professional soccer player uh, in a professional league. Um, so, I think as a Canadian, it's 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 something that is you you just it's something that you accept um playing soccer that if you want to make it to that next level you're going to have to leave home um and through my travels i met uh, and especially uh, i think I, I feel like some of the english are, are slowly figuring it out that if 
if they leave England, they will get hired uh, in another country. And I don't know if it's, it's almost like it's the accent alone, especially in Canada here, as soon as, um, as soon as kind of a, a, anybody hears you speak English, they think, oh, he must know football, right? So um, it's funny, uh, we kind of joke, but the Whitecaps here um, in the residency program, a lot of the coaches are English. Um, and we say uh, one of the prerequisites to be a coach here is you have to have an accent. Um, so there is, I think there is a lot, lot of opportunity for, for not just English, but people from Europe um, to go to other countries and, and, and ply their trade uh, in soccer because, um, you know, it, it's known that uh, that's, Europe is where football is. That's the heartbeat. Well, and that in South America as well. Um, but it's a heartbeat of football, right? So, um, yeah, I think, uh, um, I think it, 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 it is advantageous for 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 foreign well yeah for for europeans and british to to go abroad and and seek out work as coaches or uh as footballers because um like i said one if they see you're from a certain country i think that really goes for you uh as opposed to let's say uh, a team from england sees a canadian coming over i think okay well what's a canadian what can a canadian offer us right um, you know what's fascinating about that though is that once again it touches upon the kind of pre-assumptions that we make and that yeah. we've built up over the years and i know michael that one of the key things about kickoff at three is to unite communities to challenge these assumptions um just give us a little bit of an idea michael of what uh, kickoff at three has in store for us 2021 all being well yes tony um you know we, we myself and ashley and all our team um you know uh first and foremost we, we want to ensure um you know, we want to ensure young people are safe um and we want to ensure everybody's safe so um sa- safety is the paramount here but um but we're we're working closely with a lot of people behind the scenes making plans um at some point when is it safe to do so we will have promise all our young people there will be a, a kick or free tournament there will be something going on um so it's just a matter of um, you know the london fa advising us and guiding us so um realistically time wise depending on how things go uh around maybe summertime to you know, August time to really, you know, get some some football. Um, but in in interim, we're working on um, some plans for a swim off at three. Uh, we I had, had a great long- chat with Hummer about that very thing today. You yeah. know, I'm excited, Michael. You know, I can't cycle. I've talked to Adam about the great pictures <laughs> of the spin off at three, uh, but there's no excuses for me. I definitely got my walk on, as you well know. Hundred percent, I'm down for a swim when that happens, matey. No, definitely, and it's all about giving opportunities, and uh, um, we're we're working really hard. Some really good people, ambassadors to, to you know, uh, another key skill for young people to, to learn how to swim. So we're going to have some fun with it. So yeah, we're working, working really hard behind the scene. And then obviously, you know, with our cycling and walking, we're going to keep, we try to keep people busy um, and just active and the mindset to just keep going forward. Definitely. Hey, the juggernaut will not stop. I'm sure about that. Um, look, 
everything that Kickoff at Three do, the wonderful work that Michael does, and also Ashley, his uh, uh, awesome co-founder, 100% volunteer, uh, massive amount of hours goes into planning all these events, whether they're tournaments, whether it's supporting, raising awareness of great charitable events. I'd encourage everybody to check out www.kickoffat3.co.uk. That's kickoff83.co.uk. If you're in a position to offer any kind of support, be that financial, it could be as simple as trophies, and many have provided. I know that will be gratefully received. It all massively helps Michael and team continue to be a force of good in our world. Gentlemen, I'm conscious of time, but uh, I want to whip it back over to Adam because we mentioned spin-off at three there. Again, guilty as charged, never mastered the art of cycling, uh, but I loved those photos of you and your girls uh, that you coach, Adam, doing it in wonderful vistas out in Vancouver. Talk to me a little bit about that and the kind of camaraderie that that built. Um, it, it was it was fantastic. I mean, that was a that was a great idea um, for kickoff at three to come up with, um, and the fact that um, it, that any anybody could do it from anywhere was 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 uh, was, was um, awesome. Um, the girls thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it was definitely a highlight of the, of their season. They all um, they were all posting the pictures to the Instagram accounts uh, accounts, and it went on to the um, the club the club Instagram account as well. Uh, some of the pictures um, and had some of the coaches ask me, "Oh, what was this about? What was that for?" Um, so it, it, was, it was a really good experience. Um, you know, it's uh, it it might be tough for um, some of them to kind of wrap their head. Why are we doing? Um, why are we doing this for something that's not even in our country or in our community? Um, but just the fact that, you know, remind that this is, it's not, it doesn't have to do, yes, it's not our community, but it's for another community and it's for a good cause. Right. And so as soon as they kind of saw what it was for, um, they were all on board with doing it. And, um, it was a time when COVID had hit, we hadn't seen each other for, uh, you know, a couple of months as a team. So they were really gung ho to get together and get out as, as a group and, and have that bonding experience. And it went really well. They, like I said, they thoroughly enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, um, it'd be nice if we can we can maybe get ourselves involved with with um, the next event that that you know uh, we're able to we're able to do uh, from afar um, for kickoff at three. Um, when and what that is, we'll just and, and what you know kind of lines up with what we're able to do. Um, we're yet we're yet to see, but um, would love to definitely kind of support again from from Canada uh, and with whatever the cause might be. And you never know, maybe one day even even get uh, an event um, organized out here uh, um, to support whether whether it's support a cause here or support some issue here in Vancouver. Um, or, you know, whatnot is yet to be seen, yet to be figured out, but um, that's kind of the idea. Knowing Michael and uh, appreciating your time this evening, I'm sure that will happen. It is a sense of communities. Uh, that event actually referenced uh, was in support of St. Albans Action for Homelessness. So once again, a mega important cause and homelessness sadly affects every, uh, all too many people all around planet Earth. Um, look, guys, I've thoroughly enjoyed your company. Michael, here at Verum Sport, we will always continue to champion everything that Kickoff at 3 is, does, and will continue to be. I've no doubt about it. Reminder to all, check out www.kickoffat3.co.uk. That's kickoff83.co. 
dot uk they are a force of good in our world um it's been a pleasure gentlemen truly has michael i want to wish you all the very best adam i want to salute you for the great community work now that you're continuing to do and for educating me about your fantastic football odyssey keep well keep safe and i'm wishing family wallace a tremendous 2021 thank you so much thank you for having us tony thank you thank you